And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I am your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And would I have to tell you, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by one of our deep, deep favorites. We love Fullscale.io. And you will love Fullscale.io too, because they can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. You should definitely check them out. So today on the show, we have... We actually, I'm actually really, really looking forward to this one because we have with us uh, an amazing sales thought leader. Um, I've had some pretty interesting conversations with her in the past. One of them publicly, uh, we did a, an event together and I just, you know, she, she brings a lot of insight to the table. Just a brilliant, brilliant woman. We have with us Sarah Tucker and Sarah is founder of Sales Cheerleader LLC. Sarah, thank you so, so much for being with us here today and taking the time. I'm so excited. So excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into it. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to like lob you the softball question here. At Great. I like it. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Sales Cheerleader. Give us, give us a little bit of background. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I am a mom of five kids and a grandma of a baby beautiful baby girl okay wait time out i just for our listeners at home i want to tell you that this woman looks like she's like 25 so <laughs> get out of here yeah yeah very young grandma very, very congr young. congratulations on the skin and everything you're, you're rocking it all right all right go ahead go ahead uh, <laughs> so covid hit right and i was uh i had been leading sales teams for a local technology company i'm based out of omaha nebraska and COVID hit and my calendar went empty. So my kids joke that I take people to breakfast, lunch, happy hour, and dinner for a living, which is kind of true because I'm in sales. Yeah, um, not bad work if you can get it. <laughs> I mean, I do love my job. Uh, but COVID hit and I'm an extrovert and also very, um, very much a student. And so I had this clear calendar and I decided I had to maximize it in order to stay sane with all of these lovely children uh, in my house and we're all crammed in together. So I just dove and started studying online marketing. My first, my first course that I took was actually for fun and it was photography. And so I take this photography course and at the end I had a ball, but I'm like, I just paid this woman several thousand dollars and I watched online classes and it was fabulous. Can I do that? <laughs> how could I do that? Um, so that is really how Sales Cheerleader was born. I played with lots of ideas and then realized I needed to just maximize what I'm really good at anyway, which is teaching people in an easy to approach way how to sell. Um, because firmly, I believe women need to be wealthy and it's time. And we've yes. got 
We've got to uh, learn how to have that sales presence, no matter what it is that you do, even if you're a corporate um, you know, corporate office worker, you're still selling to your boss. So that's really how Sales Cheerleader was born. Yeah, well, and I find it absolutely, uh, I don't know if you are an inspiration or a little crazy or both for starting a new, you know, facet of business in a pandemic. Uh, but I actually, I actually know a lot of people who did that, who kind of yeah. looked around and was like, hey, this pandemic has changed the landscape of what our world looks like. And I have to respond to it. I have to change what I'm doing. So, yeah. so kudos to you yeah. for being so adaptable probably a little crazy, but like in the best, best way. Definitely. Um, <laughs> no, congratulations. So, so I want to, you said something that I find really, really interesting. Well, you said a lot of things that I find really interesting, but I want to talk to you about sales presence. What is sales presence to you? Yeah. Yeah. So I really think sales presence is that combination of executive presence, right? So really, really watching your body language, your eye contact, your tone of voice, like it really comes down to all of those pieces so that you really present yourself as an expert in whatever it is that you're selling so that people can feel magnetically attracted to you and those ideas that alone is what will really get you far in life fast. Yeah. So, so, and again, you just said something else. You're like, like dropping all these little nuggets already. Uh, but so, so one of the, you want to attract people to you. So one of the things that I have heard about sales and, you know, having had a few sales jobs in the past myself, um, really one of the things that I hear is that, you know, you're not just selling your product. You're not just selling your, your service or whatever. I mean, you could be selling like boots or mud or a car. It doesn't matter. You're also kind of selling yourself Mostly. a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Most. Okay. Well, so, so talk to us about that. Yeah. Talk to us about, you know, you, we, we, all right, we've discussed sales presence, but why do you think that is? And like, how do the best salespeople show up at work um, so that they're, they're selling not just their product, but also themselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really starts from every part of the interaction with that prospective client or that prospect. At first, they're not going to give a rip um, about what it is that you're selling or even what problem you're solving until they have that know, like, and trust factor of you, the seller. And so that is why it is really important to develop that sales presence and that magnetic attraction. So then you can knock out the know, like, and trust quickly, and then you can start talking about the problems and how you solve them. Yeah. So, so, so talk to us a little bit more about that. Like, what does, I'm trying to figure out like how to phrase this so that it makes sense because, because we've kind of, we've talked about what sales presence is, but what, what about people who, you know, maybe they're not people, people, they might be like a little bit more introverted, you know, what does that look like in practice? Like, are you telling jokes? Are you, you know, saying certain things, doing certain things like, you know, posture, sure, eye contact, you mentioned those, but like, if you're, if, if that the law of attraction is not really your strong suit, what are some things that you can tactically do to build up that piece of yourself? Yes. Well, one really easy trick that you can implement 
at your next conversation is <laughs> kind of funny, but human beings prefer to talk more. When people meet each other, the person that leaves that conversation and spoke more often feels more favorable about that conversation. So if you're an introvert, great, then it'll be easier for you to shut up. <laughs> and let that other person really do the talking. So then yeah. it just becomes listening, responding, eye contact, asking questions about what they shared. You're going to build so much know, like, and trust just by being a good conversationalist. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, so a lot of people don't believe this, and, and I can certainly see why, but I'm actually a little bit of an introvert myself. Um, somebody told me once that like introverts and extroverts, like introverts can be good with people. It's, it's a matter of where you draw your energy from. So if you go out into a room of like 100 people and you leave that event feeling energized, you're an extrovert. If your energy is drained, then you're you're more of an introvert. And I always thought that was super interesting because I think there's this conception out there that introverts are bad with people. And I'm like, well, that's that's not really true. Relax. But when I was kind of teaching myself to be good with people and you know, be put myself out there a little bit more, one of the things that I would always do is I would always just have a pretty open-ended question in my back pocket because I never knew how to start conversations with people that I didn't know. And that question was, tell me about your journey. And people really responded to that because I wasn't asking, what do you do? I wasn't asking, you know, some of like, hey, yo, what do you feel about the weather? Uh, but, you know, I was like, tell me about your journey. And, and, and the benefit of that question was twofold. Number one, it just gave me an out. Like I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to like stress and sweat about it. But it's also a very open-ended question. And so the way that someone would respond was very telling. You know, if somebody got very like tactical and was like, well, I do this, I work for X company, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, that told me something about them. And it told me like, this is what they want to talk about. And this is kind of how they operate. And then, you know, somebody was like, well, back in fourth grade, I decided that, you know, I had this teacher who showed me a whole new world about watercolor and I'm just like whatever it was you know that that told me something about them as well right and so it kind of gave me a a way to go it was a study in human behavior um so so I think that that is is really interesting I've also heard that asking for a favor can ingratiate somebody to you because people like to feel needed yes right so so I love I love all those tips and tricks. And I got to tell you, I, I kind of want to ask you about the name of your company. And the reason that I want to ask about it is because, you know, you just dropped some really wicked knowledge. And I know that you're helping people to make more sales. But where did the name Sales Cheerleader come from? Yeah, actually, great question. I feel like I fed you this. Um, so in the world of sales, uh, we are not really looked upon. It's not really a, an occupation that pe that often people are really proud to say, I'm in sales. Um, we The media portrays us as slimy, used car salesmen, right? Like if you think of Wolf of Wall Street, right? And that like greasy, aggressive, what I would now call bro selling is kind of the, the common, I think, theme that people think when they hear sales, like they just automatically in their brain think, oh God, 
gosh, they're, they're a little bit slimy. And so then I'm also like learning how, how women operate and how females often operate. And that's the last place. That's the last bucket we want to be put into. Right. So I'm dreaming about coaching female entrepreneurs, um, that often don't have a business or sales background, but want to learn how to, how to actually make money in their company. I want to do that with a really positive approach. So yes, I have a lot of tips and a lot of tricks, but my personality is a cheerleader. That's how I lead my sales teams in my corporate job. Um, And it's really effective. Sales managers often are those, you know, where's your numbers? Where's your pipeline? Yeah. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) That's the opposite of how I approach it. I think that humans want to feel encouraged and motivated. And so that is why sales cheerleader exists. Yeah, man. And and you know, what is so great about that? I mean, the fact is like, so, so I actually, when you were talking, I was like laughing in my head. Cause one of like the way that I experienced sales, um, I actually worked in automotive. I worked in car sales, um, internet business development manager. I would set up BDCs and stuff like that. And I was, you know, I, I loved my job. I loved my work. And actually I feel like being a woman was an asset Absolutely. because there was, there was a, to your point, like there was definitely this, um, this idea out there that you walk into a car lot and immediately you're going to be like, Hey, how you doing? You know, you got the quote unquote lot lizards who are going to pop out and, you know, try to pressure you into buying a lemon or like what, whatever the perception is. But because I'm a woman, I didn't have to deal with as much of that. There was like an automatic trust transferred with my, with my customers and clients because, because I'm a lady and I got to tell you, you know, I, I certainly didn't ask for that, but that also doesn't mean that I didn't use it to my advantage. For sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, so talk, talk to us about that. And, and, and I do like full disclosure for our listeners at home. I actually first met Sarah. Um, she was a brilliant brain and a brilliant voice on a panel discussion that we uh, we had with, um, I think it was Enterprise Bank and Spoke Marketing and a couple other organizations. And we talked about sexism in sales and marketing. And so I want to talk to you, like I, I am, I'm going off the cuff here, but I want to talk to you a little bit about that. You know, what has your experience, you're already talking about how you have a different approach to increase sales, which I love. You're a cheerleader and it makes me just want to give you a big old hug. <laughs> uh, but what has your, your personal experience been like as a woman in sales? Yeah, definitely very tough. Um, so I sell to uh, CIOs and directors of IT. So very high. Oh man. Firm. Yeah. Double whammy. Okay. Double whammy. Double whammy. <laughs> um, and some of them are incredible. Like, let's be very okay. clear. Um, I've built some incredible actual real friendships from my clients, but there are, um, there are a lot of situations that as a female uh, are very, very treacherous to navigate. Um, the story I shared on the other podcast or the, the present um, broadly is, you know, we're taking these people to dinner. So if I'm inviting 
a man to dinner, a business dinner, um, yeah. that often gets confused. Uh, business dinner, or is this a date? Right. Um, like, and did you come in for a kiss at the end? Excuse me, sir. Oh, <laughs> that is not what this is for. A lot. Yeah. No. No. So it's a it's a very fine line to navigate building that no like and trust factor and being proud that I am you know a woman, but sure. also uh, protecting those boundaries and. Um, uh, you know, having that high integrity at the end of the night, which, which at times can be really, really tough line to walk. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I also did a stint in it, you know, I, I feel like we have like some, some, some things in common beyond what I even initially thought. And, and the thing that I, that I experienced and this always frustrated me to no end not only like I, I feel like as a woman in sales, one of the biggest struggles that I had was not only did I have to work to sell the product or work to sell the service or whatever it was, but you also have to work to establish your own credibility. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I would see my, my male counterparts and, you know, some of them were amazing, like, you know, had some really great mentors and really great friendships, but th there was this automatic trust that was conferred on the dudes that I worked with were like, whereas when I came in, I would have to, like, particularly in automotive, it was so weird. I would actually have people call me, um, you know, I like they would call the, you know, sales line and I would pick up the phone and they would have a question about like a maker model or a vehicle or something like that. And, you know, I, I knew my stuff. I knew it backwards and forwards. In fact, I knew my stuff a lot better than a lot of other dudes on the floor. And I would have people ask me, is there a man? that I can talk to. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm more than happy to answer your question. Um, and I, I can certainly do so knowledgeably and I can probably do it better than the dude who's sitting next to me eating his Cheetos. Um, you know, and it, it was always really frustrating to me when that happened because it was just this, this awareness that not only did I have to sell my product, but I also had to sell my own knowledge and my own credibility and my own capability right um at the same time whereas right. like others that it just happened automatically that was really frustrating for me so so wow you i mean you have this this storied career over 20 years in in sales um you've been doing this for a long time and to your point like sales is hard anyway. Sales as a woman is just a little bit harder. Um, you know, and I'm sure that you've experienced a lot of like upturns, downturns, all of that craziness. What, what keeps you going? Yeah. You know, my daughters, I, oh, yay. <laughs> I love showing them that they can do whatever they want. For and sure. Allowing them to see me really excel in an industry where it's very surprising when I sit down to have a technical conversation. I look forward to the day where I sit down and I'm bouncing back architecture ideas on an IT environment and the men are like, wow, how does she know how to talk about this stuff? I look forward to that day and really uh, showing my daughters that we can help pave the path um, to, sh to sharing with the world that we, we can do anything boys can do. <laughs> Absolutely. Girl, I'm, I'm, I'm very much like fist pumping girl power right now. Yes. Of course I am. Uh, you're, you're, you're speaking my language sister. Uh, so, so let me ask you this and I'm going to ask you kind of a weird question. 
So, so tell me this, uh, you know, what you, you keep on talking about it and you keep on talking about, um, our, you know, systems architecture and infrastructure, like you're, you're involved in this world. So let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever come across clients who had a really, really difficult time creating software and building, building a team, uh, to, to create software and products? Like, is that, have you seen that be, have you seen that be hard? Very common. It's so difficult. Yes. Oh my gosh. I hear that from founders all the time. And I got to tell you, you know, we, we talk about fullscale.io and they are today's episode sponsor. We love them. We, you know, they, they do so much for Startup Hustle, Startup Hustle podcast, Startup Hustle TV. Um, but the one thing that they can do is they can really, really take the onus and the burden off of you as a founder, as an entrepreneur. Um, they can help you build out a software team and they can help you you know, bring your product and bring your ideas to fruition and help you help your clients. And so, so I just wanted to like, you know, as somebody who's worked in IT and as you know, you're somebody who's worked in IT, um, you know, there, there are ways that you can make it easier on yourself. And I would say that, you know, contacting fullscale.io, definitely, definitely a way to do that. So, so let's, let's get right back to it. And I'm going, I want to talk about you for a minute. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so how did you hone your skills in sales, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes it's a baptism by fire. Sometimes you have mentors. Sometimes, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm going to take you back just really briefly. So, I graduated high school, got married, got pregnant, and was on food stamps and Medicaid. Literally barefoot in pregnant in Kentucky. That's where I grew up. Oh man, and um, finding a way out of poverty was my absolute number one objective. I didn't want my daughters to be raised in, in that poverty mindset. So I started reading every book I could get my hands on. Um, and when I landed my first sales job at actually a newspaper in Nebraska, I was selling online advertising in 2005. So remember the internet wasn't really quite a thing yet. Um, definitely not paying to have an ad on the internet was very foreign concept. So I walked into this job with a Kentucky accent, brand new to the city. Yeah, I wish I still had it because I think that accent helped me make a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but really, honestly, this probably sounds cheesy. It was I had to find that inner strength because I was coming home and crying like this is not working. No one wants to talk to me. People do not want to spend money on journalstar.com when they could spend it in the actual newspaper. So I was having to shift the mindset of, no, this is the future of advertising. And uh, it was almost like I had to like feel that woman superpower. You know, you make the pose and you like <laughs> just harness that energy. Like you, you feel like you have a cape, you know, your yes. hands on your hips. You feel, you feel the wind blowing. That's like, right. That's right. I have effing got this. And I had to really channel that and had a beautiful mentor um, that cheerleaded me through that because that was tough. Um, and at that point, I'm like, oh, I'm good at this. I won a contest uh, across the whole enterprise. I won my honeymoon um, and all kinds of fun little things. But it really took me looking inside myself and saying, you can freaking do this. 
boss up and let's go. <laughs> oh, for sure. That is awesome. I love that. So, so share with us a few things that you have learned that, that transformed you. I think that's how I want to put it. That transformed you like as a, as a founder, as a mother, as a, you know, um, just this, this burgeoning business person who started out, you know, I mean, it sounds like you didn't really know a lot, um, kind of coming from where you're coming, but, you know, through that self-education process and through that, that grit and that determination and that drive, you know, what, how did the things that you learned change you? Yeah, I think really letting myself understand who I am and what my strengths are and then harnessing that, um, you know, as I very, I'm air quoting here, uh, atypical salesperson. We're not fabulous with details, right? People yeah. will say, you know, we've got You're all good with people, not the like minutia. Yeah. <laughs> rather than stressing about that and trying to find a way to make myself be better at that, I've really just harnessed, you know, reading the Enneagram and reading all of these different personalities things has helped wait, me. Wait, just... wait a minute. What's your Enneagram? I need I'm to a know. Seven. Oh, I'm okay. totally Wait, you, do you know your wing? Uh, it's okay if you don't. <laughs> it's right back here. No. Um, but really just harnessing that and understanding this is who I am. These are my superpowers and not getting down on myself for what I wasn't good at um, yeah. has really helped transform me as I'm evolving into the entrepreneur I want to be. That's amazing. And, you know, so the entrepreneur that you want to be, and one of the things that I, I think is, was really impressive to me about you, like the first time we met, like, clearly, you're, you're very successful. You know, you have, you've built a career that is, is really, just really, really aspirational. Um, so, so, I mean, way to go on that. But my point is that, you know, I, you, even right now, like you have this big old grin on your face, you know, you have, you talk about having five kids, which I have to imagine was probably a little stressful at times, you Just know, a little. Um, and so, so I'm really, really curious, you know, what, what's your, what's your secret there? Like, how do you stay grounded? How do you, I hate using the term work-life balance because I think that with work-life balance, there comes this expectation that it's 50, 50. And I'm like, that's not, that's not how it works. Like sometimes you're going to have more focus on your work. Sometimes you're going to have more focus on your home. Sometimes you're going to focus on, you know, going out and getting drinks with the girlfriends. Like, but you can't, you can't do like the 50, 50 all at the same time. It's just, I, I don't believe that, but I do believe that the most self-actualized successful people are find ways are, are the people who find ways to integrate different aspects of their lives seamlessly with the understanding that like you're never going to be able to totally turn off the work brain you're never going to be able to turn off your mom hat like to be a full person you have to be a full person basically <laughs> so it, it, and you seem to you seem to have done that and you just have this lovely smile on your face and you just, you know, even when you're talking about like the hard stuff, you just seem to have this kind of baseline of contentment or positivity, or I, I don't know what you want to call it, but I want to hear more about that. 
Yeah, gosh, uh, I greatly appreciate that. That's a massive compliment because sometimes it does feel like I'm juggling so many plates in the air. Um, and I would say now in my 40s, not afraid to say the age, I've really learned to A, patience with myself, and B, the key in my opinion is just managing expectations. So communication is the key to being able to stay sane while balancing sure. everything. So, you know, putting together a shared calendar, but really managing expectations of myself and also mm -hmm. of other people on me. Like, this is what I'm giving today and that's what I have and I love you and see you yeah. soon. You know? Like maybe, you know, like when the kids have the bake sale thing, like, hey, maybe it's okay to do store-bought just this one time mm -hmm. or eating stuff like that. Like I... I love that. Like being kind to yourself, managing expectations. Um, I think all things that, that women in general could get a little bit better at for sure. Okay. Um, but no, you, you seem to have cracked the code. And I love that. Be right. <laughs> Thank well, you. So, so, all right. So, so I have loved hearing about Sarah, uh, but now I want to hear, I want to hear about sales. So the, one of the things that I told myself that we were going to talk about on this call today is I, I would like our listeners to walk away with some really tactical advice on things that they can do to expand their sales funnels and, you know, maybe automate some processes, maybe, um, you know, just really just figure out how to convert, like see more conversions, bring in more customers. Like what, if I were a client um, you know, entrepreneur trying to get innovate her off the ground, just not figuring this out. What are some things that you would tell me? Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So I really specialize in helping people sell the invisible. Okay. Um, so that would be mostly service-based businesses. And so when you're selling something that's service-based, there's a couple of things that are really important. Obviously, building that no like, and trust factor is number one. Um, without those receipts, I like to call it, that social yeah. proof, those testimonials that help people understand what your superpowers are from other voices, sure. um, that's, that's really key. Um, so if you're launching a, a business, it's finding a way to start to gather those receipts as fast as you can. Um, the other thing I like to share is that you want to be a value-based seller. So when people are prospecting, even to me, I get them daily. Um, you know, I'll just get these cold pitches in my Instagram DMs. You know, we want you to represent this jewelry line or blah, blah, blah. There's people are forgetting to do the value piece first. So yeah. when someone's reading a pitch, they're reading it from their brain, right? So what's in it for me? So right. all of the copy that I write around um, acquiring leads or acquiring customers is thinking of the customer first and always, always, always sharing value. And that really is the number one ticket. Yeah. Well, and so, so not only understanding the customer, like knowing the customer, but, you know, establishing like, why would they, why would they want to use my product? What is the pain point that inspired them to seek out a solution? Um, Cause I, that's something that we kind of talk about. Well, we talk about it all the time at Innovator. And I mean, our, our customers, quote unquote, clients, um, they're a little different. There are members, they're the women that we serve, but like, we still have to figure out like what's eating them. What is, what are they struggling with? And what can we do to address that in order to create, to your point, create that value? Um, you know, no, I love that. 
And so, so when working with clients, what does your process look like? Yeah, there's a couple of ways. My most popular offering right now is a sales strategy power session. So we get on a one-to-one call and it's really free flow. Like I say, all right, we do an intake form. What are your biggest pain points? What are your biggest hurdles around sales? And then we start to workshop those. So for what we just talked about, when you're talking about that ideal customer avatar, ICA or persona, People call it a lot of different things. Oftentimes people are creating those like she goes to Starbucks and she's 25 to 34 and a female and lives in the suburbs and she has a dog. Great, maybe. But what's (laughs) way more important is what she is saying to herself about her pain. So we almost write a letter from the customer to the entrepreneur, trying to really dive in what exactly is eating at them, as you mentioned. Um, So often that is where we start because often that's what's getting missed. Um, Other times we're doing a deep dive into how to host a discovery call that actually Mm -hmm. converts. So it's really- Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) How do you host a discovery call that actually converts? <laughs> I need Tell to know. Me Tell me I'm, not ask, I'm not asking you to get like, let's not give away the farm. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, if you are an entrepreneur and you are not considering calling Sarah right now, I'm kind of wondering what 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 are you thinking? What are you doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand your life. But <laughs> like, I mean, do you have just like a couple quick little bullet points that people? could use to host yeah. a discovery call? Absolutely. I'm like um, dancing over here because I'm trying yeah. to make her give away some of her secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have this as a free download on my website. Yes, so yes okay. totally. Um, awesome. but Wait, what, really, is, what is that website? Uh, salescheerleader.com. Salescheerleader.com. Go and check it out and definitely download. Get as much free as you can. There's a lot on there. And then hire her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really the first step is often what people miss. And that is obviously building some quick rapport. So if I have a discovery call with a new prospect, I'm going to look at their Instagram before we get on the call so I can connect with them. Um, But next, it's really managing expectations of the agenda. So it's saying, all right, so our objective today is to see if we're a good fit to work together, to see if you're ready to invest in sales coaching, like put that right out front. There's no reason to shake around the bush. So we're going to do that by, A, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. B, I'm going to share with you how I've helped people similar to you achieve that objective. And C, we'll dive deep into the investment. How does that feel? So you're getting their buy-in right away. Uh, and that will revolutionize how you have those discussions. Yeah. Well, and I think I think you said something really, really important. And I, I know that you know it's important, but I just want to kind of highlight it for our listeners. Um, you know, talking about that, that transparency piece, um, the fact is, like, customers aren't stupid. Like, they know when somebody is trying to sell them and like the point is not to like beat around the bush and like, Hey, do you want to be friends on LinkedIn? And then like two seconds later they go in for like, Hey, use my product. Um, you know, like we're we're not dumb. (laughs) Consumers aren't dumb. You know, if you tell me what you want from me, but most importantly, if you tell me why I will benefit 
from that. Like I'm going to be much more receptive to listening to you than listening to someone who comes and's like, Hey, I'd love to get coffee and pick your brain. And then you go and get coffee and it's like a a 30 minute pitch. Mm. Um, you know, don't, Mm. don't, don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. Um, you know, I do find something and I don't even know if you realize that you did this, but maybe you realize that you did this, but you did something really, really interesting. I asked you a question about your personal life and I asked you a question about your working life and the advice that you give entrepreneurs. And in both instances, you talked about managing expectations. So that seems to be a very, uh, pervasive, uh, concept or idea for you. Um, you like to manage expectations. Why? Yeah. I mean, humans don't like to be blindsided whether that's in your personal life or in your professional life. And when you're able to communicate and say, here's how this will go, we can negotiate it, right? Like I'm not controlling it, but here's how I expect this will go. Does that feel good to you? Then everyone feels better. Why don't we just start everything with that so that people aren't guessing or wondering or not understanding what's going on? Maybe you could call me a control freak. You wouldn't be totally wrong, Um, but it does really revolutionize how you can build those relationships because people know exactly what to expect. Everyone feels more comfortable when they know what to expect. That is too funny. You were talking about control freaks. And I have to say, I think control freaks are underrated. As a control freak myself, I'm just like, no, no, no. We're awesome. It's fine. We get done. We do. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. So so in in the vein of getting shit done, uh, you 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 have an amazing career, you have an amazing family. What what is next? Oh, what is next? Yeah. So I really dream of sales cheerleader turning into a big brand. I want to speak on big stages. I want to help millions and millions and millions of women learn that, yes, they can pull themselves out of poverty. Yes, they can build a business. Yes, you can. And that is the dream. That just made me so happy. Like my toes just curled with awesome. That that is it. millions of women need to benefit from the sales cheerleader, and and, and I know that I've benefited from the yeah. sales cheerleader just right now. Um. So so one final. I've got one final question for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. We're so ready. All right. Here here comes our human question. So earlier you mentioned you mentioned your daughters. And so I'm going to ask you, you have a day where cost is no object, but you just have one day to spend with your daughters. You can do anything you want. What do you do? Why are you going to make me cry? <laughs> uh, because I love hearing about the human side of people. And I love, the, I love women who love their daughters. Like, yeah. I mean, seriously, like you could not be primed for, for a better audience for what I you're about to say. I love it. <laughs> Well, there's four of them, and they are 20, 19, 17, and 13. Okay. So we would definitely buzz up to, like, Chicago, and we would... We would go on a massive spa day. I mean, if we have all the money, it would be yeah, spa you know, day. You <laughs> like all the things that mean we're spending time together. Okay. Um, so just having an experience of of all five of us right in the town. That is amazing. Uh, real talk, though, does the 13-year-old still like you? 
She does. <gasps> That's amazing. Congratulations. I, I have found in the experience, they usually don't like you at 14, 15. So I'm holding on tight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I will, I will cross my fingers and I'll cross my toes for you. Cause I know that, you know, you're getting, you're getting to that hard age, but sounds like you have built a, a strong foundation and I wish you, you know, now that we're kind of starting to come out of this whole pandemic thing, I wish you the opportunity to spend a beautiful, lovely, fun day with your daughters. Thank you. But most of all, I want to thank you so much for, for being on the show. Like it's been great to talk. I knew it was going to be great to talk to you because, you know, we've talked before and I just, I love your vibe. Sarah, I do. I like your um, vibe, Lauren. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you very much. So thank you so much for taking the time to share of your expertise and share of yourself with I and our listeners. Um, it's been pretty, pretty darn cool. <laughs> I had a blast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much to our episode sponsor, Startup Hustle uh, and, and Fullscale.io. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. They can actually do a whole lot more than that. They bring comprehensive IT services, you know, just all kinds of services to help you do what you do better, do it more efficiently, do it easier. Uh, and we are very, very grateful to them for their sponsorship. So definitely check out fullscale.io. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen, dear, dear listeners. You know, we, we talk about some pretty fun stuff today and well, every episode. So we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>